0: Hi everyone, welcome to Crime, Cults, and Coffee. I'm Bryn, and before we get started today, I just want to, it's going to be really weird, I just want to say something that validates what some people might think is an urban legend or a myth, and it's actually not. And apologies to listeners who think I'm gross for disclosing this information, but I think it's fucking funny. So, something that I wanted to say is an actual fact that happens when you're pregnant is you do pee your pants, because this has happened to me twice now from sneezing in two different department stores that I've been in, and apparently I'm not the only one in the pee your pants club while, <laughs> while pregnant, because I know many people that are like, oh yeah, that, that's happened to me, or yeah, that just happened to me the other day, so it is true, it is factual, you lose control of your bladder while pregnant. <laughs> And aside from that, before I get into what I'm currently watching or listening to, I wanted to give another shout out to listener Katie. I've brought her up in past episodes, but Katie sent me a DM the other day. And in regards to, I believe it was last week's episode where I mentioned the squirrels in my walls or birds, who knows what the hell it is, Katie drew me a little bit of fan art because she said that the squirrels reminded her of ghost squirrels and she's like I don't even know if you would consider this fan art but it was like inspiration from the episode and my heart was so warmed thank you Katie because as I mentioned this was my first piece of fan art and I kind of screamed out loud not only was it just an exciting thing for me but her picture was absolutely incredible and it was spooky it was cute I'm obsessed So, for those who are artists out there who listen to the podcast, send some fan art my way, if you want to call it fan art, listener art, send some listener art my way, and podcast art my way, because I love seeing that creative side in people, and I'm just obsessed with that whole aspect of you tying in your creativity to the podcast, that's amazing, so please, I hope this is the first of many. Along with the listener stories, send me your art. In conjunction with that, let me know if you want me to repost your art and tag you on the Instagram page because I gladly will, of course. So anything you send me, personal or if you want it on the page, just send it my way and I will enjoy either way. So on to what I've been watching. I haven't strayed much from my usual in the last couple episodes because I haven't finished those series yet. So Fear the Walking Dead, I'm still in that universe. The Blacklist, still watching Watching that, and I haven't gotten any further on Firefly Lane yet, so no spoilers there, please. Listening wise, I've been listening to a lot of Dateline on podcasts lately, and my current playlist for spotify has been moody mixes i guess i'm feeling sad and broody i don't know or just like in a mood lately who knows but that is where i am at with that also podcast wise i've been listening to a lot of 48 hours and still stuck in the vanished as well so not much change on my end continue please to send your recommendations my way and as i get through them i will discuss on the podcast and or further recommend them to others as I did with School Spirits. Enough of that, and on to the coffee. Once again, and I know some listeners have been saying that they're enjoying the coffee recipes, so I'm glad, but I'm sure there's also people who are like, what the fuck, I want my coffee review. Sorry, still on another week of coffee recipe. This morning, I actually had a very good morning with drinking coffee, but it was a typical Dunkin' that I'm just not gonna review on here. But by the time I went to record tonight that was a different story. So another coffee recipe coming your way and this one is not complicated at all and has a lot to do with your own preference of coffee. It's just a fun little mix to it. This coffee is a galaxy latte. You're going to make your favorite coffee, let's say a vanilla latte for this one. I'm gonna pretend I'm going with vanilla latte. You can make this iced or hot. And you fill your cup, mug, or glass two-thirds of the way. For this recipe, they used International Delight's One Touch Latte, which is basically a cold foam topping. So if you don't want all these sugar and or chemicals that may be in this cold foam topping, you can make your own cold foam. And for this recipe, let's again go along with my example. I would use the vanilla One Touch Latte foam with my vanilla coffee. So, you're basically making a cold foam latte, hot or cold. And then you're going to add your galactic sprinkles on top. And that just reminded me of the song, Intergalactic Planetary Planetary Intergalactic. Who remembers that? Please, please message me if you remember that song. You're going to add these intergalactic planetary, planetary intergalactic sprinkles on top. And this recipe, they used a silver pearlized sprinkle mix which was a dark gray, white, and black sprinkle ball mix. They also used purple cake sparkles, silver stars edible glitter, and teal glitter dust. But obviously, you can add any other choices of your own if you like different sprinkles better. And you can also add any toppings or drizzles of your choice before adding that intergalactic sprinkle topping. And this is just a fun way to add some pizzazz to your coffee. So again, this is called a galaxy latte. And if any of you try it, please send pics my way. I want to see all the beauty of a galaxy in your coffee. And that's the end of the coffee review. So there's nothing more to do but get into it. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. For today's episode, if you couldn't already tell by the galactic latte, we are going to be talking aliens. And I'm going to be getting into two different UFO slash alien sightings, some of which you may have heard or not heard before. So the first one that I'm going to be talking about is the O'Hare International Airport UFO sighting. This took place at the main international airport located in Chicago, Illinois, November 7th, 2006, around 4:15 p.m. Central Standard Time. It was reported to federal authorities at the airport that there was what was thought to be a UFO sighting. 12 United Airlines employees and a couple other witnesses saw, quote, a metallic saucer-shaped craft hovering over gate C-17, and that was a quote from Wiki. A ramp employee had been the first to spot the aircraft, and the employee had been completing an airport procedure, known as a pushback, to a plane that was preparing to take off for North Carolina. The pushback was happening to United Airlines Flight 446, and this ramp employee quickly told Flight 446's crew about what they were seeing. Pilots, mechanics, and airline management were also employees that were among the witnesses. Some weren't from Flight 446, but they heard info over the radios and then went to see it. So basically, all these people were just hearing this information over radios or being told over radios and running out to see what the commotion was about. Some reports of this sighting also came from people outside of the airport. However, This object did not appear on radar. Therefore, no air traffic controllers reported seeing it. So in this sighting, how was this aircraft described? Here is what some people said that they had seen. They said it was 6 to 24 feet or 1.8 to 7.3 meters in diameter. It made absolutely no noise, which sound familiar from other alien and UFO episodes we've had on this podcast, because I thought that was a very common theme among these UFO sightings. It was dark gray in color. It was disc or saucer shaped. And one witness said, quote, the object shot through the clouds at high velocity, leaving a clear blue hole in the cloud layer. The hole reportedly seemed to close itself shortly afterward. And that was a quote from Wiki. Some said it looked like a, quote, spinning frisbee, but some witnesses said they didn't see it spinning at all. As quoted from the Chicago Tribune, quote, But I know that what I saw and what a lot of other people saw stood out very clearly, and it definitely was not an Earth aircraft, one mechanic told reporter. John Hilkovich. As we've seen in past podcast episodes and just in general from hearing UFO stories, there's always different reactions in regards to these stories and some people are afraid to even come out with their stories because of the way society reacts and or reacted way back when. So the reactions in regards to this specific sighting Initially, there was denial of info regarding the sighting from United Airlines and the Federal Aviation Administration. The Chicago Tribune requested info through the Freedom of Information Act, also known as FOIA, and due to this request, there was an internal review ordered by the Federal Aviation Administration, also known as the FAA. Air traffic tapes from November 7th were listened to, And something was discovered. So props to the Chicago Tribune for being like, okay, I am putting in a request for FOIA and want this internally looked into. Within the traffic communications tapes was a call from the United Supervisor to an FAA manager. This call was discussing the UFO sighting. However, even with proof that there was a call made discussing the UFO sighting and proof that... This actually happened. The FAA and the airline refused to investigate the sighting. They said that it happened because of a quote unquote weather phenomenon. It was attributed to a quote hole punch cloud. And you might be like, what the heck is a hole punch cloud? Because I definitely was. According to Wiki, and this is all a quote a fall streak hole, also known as a hole punch cloud, among other things is a large gap, usually circular or elliptical, that can appear in cirrocumulus or altocumulus clouds. The holes are caused by supercooled water in the clouds suddenly evaporating or freezing and may be triggered by passing aircraft. Apparently, for this to happen would be unusual, but that's what they were saying happened or trying to say happened. Which at that point, I just want to be like, Dude, I'm more likely to buy into the UFO and aliens coming from another planet because the fact that something so unlikely would happen and for that many people to witness and for that period of time, the way they explained it, it just seems like it would be a very quick thing. And in this situation, there was time for people to radio other people and run outside. I feel like it wasn't as quick as it was made out to be if it was just a natural phenomenon. But that's just my opinion. Who? What do I know? I'm not like a meteorologist or anything. So anyway, moving on. The fact that the FAA didn't look into the incident also brought up controversy. First of all, why not just look into it? Secondly, UFO investigators have pointed out that by not looking into it, the FAA went against their own mandate to look into security breaches. In this case, there was an unidentified object that was seen hovering over an airport and nothing was done about it. According to a New York Times article, quote, Stealth planes are designed to be invisible to radar, and many radar systems filter out signals not matching the normal characteristics of aircraft. So, shouldn't this have been looked into regardless of it not being seen by radar, but being seen by the human eye? Alien-related UFO or not, there was some kind of flying object seen hovering in and over airspace. This could have been a potential threat to the airport or to planes that were flying within that area, at a minimum. Even if it wasn't a threat from the intergalactic world, it could have been as simple as something being in the airspace that a plane could crash into, if not a threat in itself from something of our world. So why not just simply look into it? Even with the blame being placed on weather, media put out stories about the O'Hare International Airport UFO sighting. It was covered in, of course, the Chicago Tribune, Fox News, CNN, CBS, and MSNBC, among others. The History Channel also released an episode about it in 2009. It was on UFO hunters and was called Aliens at the Airport. It was also on an episode of Hangar 1, the UFO Files, called Unfriendly Skies. And this is a quote from the Chicago Tribune, quote, Journalist Leslie Keene also wrote about it in her book, UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record, and talked about it on the Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert in 2010, saying the government should investigate the O'Hare incident. Since the sighting, a 155-page report was published by the National Aviation Reporting Center on anomalous phenomena, also known as NARCAP or N-A-R-C-A-P. They recommended, quote, government inquiry and improved energy sensing technologies anytime an airborne object can hover for several minutes over a busy airport but not be registered on radar or seen visually from the control tower constitutes a potential threat to flight safety and that was a quote from wiki which i concur and finally history.com dubbed the o'hare sighting as quote-unquote one of the most credible sightings of the modern age and that was the story of the o'hare international airport ufo sighting but remember fellow humans there's more Here's some more alien or UFO sightings coming at you. So, story number two for this episode is the Melbourne 350, aka the 1966 Westall UFO incident. This occurred in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. And it's, quote, the largest mass UFO sighting in Australia, yet... Hardly anything was reported on it at the time, and that was a quote from the New York Post. So April 6th, 1966, around 11 o'clock a.m., over 300 children and staff at Westall High School saw UFOs in the sky. Some articles stated 200, but most relay 300 plus, not to mention many call it the Melbourne 350. So we'll leave it at that. There are differing reports as to what was seen. This might be partially due to the fact that, as mentioned, there were very few reports on it at the time. So the info that's to come during this story has been relayed over the last 50 plus years. Some people claimed to see multiple quote-unquote saucer-like objects. Others had seen just one. Some also reported that the UFOs flew through the sky and landed in a nearby field known as the Grange before becoming airborne again. Some even say that there was a circle left behind in the grass from a UFO in this field. I'm going to kind of go between saying UFO or UFOs Depending on that specific witness report, because as mentioned, some people said they saw multiple, some people said they saw one. So, depending on that person's perspective or the information in which the article was relayed with how many UFOs that person thought they saw, it's going to be either singular or plural. These UFOs were described as silently flying. So, I... I think we can safely say that this is a quality of UFOs and aliens. They have mastered the ability to stay completely silent, even with how massive these UFOs are described to be. Sometime after the fact, Dr. James E. McDonald interviewed a teacher that had been a witness that day. Dr. James E. MacDonald was an American physicist that researched UFOs, and the man he interviewed was named Andrew Greenwood, and he was a science teacher at Westall High School. There is an audio recording of Dr. MacDonald relaying all the information that Greenwood had told him, and I debated inserting the audio recording here, but it's very static-filled and poor quality, so I figured it would be too hard to hear on the podcast. If you want to give it a listen, it's in the New York Post article in the resources, or you can search audio on Westall UFO sighting, and it should come up. Here's some phrases from Dr. McDonald and what was discussed in the audio, as quoted by the New York Post. Quote, Greenwood told me the UFO was first brought to his attention by a hysterical child who ran into his classroom and told him there's a flying saucer outside. Quote, he thought this child had become deranged or something, so he didn't take any notice, but when the child insisted that this object was in the sky, he decided to go out and have a look for himself. When he got outside, he went towards a group of children that were also out there, and he saw a quote-unquote UFO hovering close to the power line. He said that the UFO also looked like this. Silver object, around the size of a car, a metal rod was sticking up in the air from it, and that it was round. Some other witnesses had described the UFO as silvery green And twice the size of a family car. Others say that it was the size of two or three cars. And it was also said to have a slight purple hue to it. So, aside from seeing a freaking UFO, what happened next was even more unbelievable. This part was said to be witnessed by 300 to 350 students and staff as more people made their way outside. After the UFO or UFOs had returned to the sky, five planes swooped in and surrounded the UFO. Here's another quote from the audio in regards to this, quote, every time they got too close to the object, it would slowly accelerate, then rapidly accelerate, and then move away from them and stop. Then they would take off after it again, and the same thing would happen. Apparently, this went on for about 20 minutes until the UFO completely sped away, quote-unquote, within seconds. Reportedly, according to military and commercial records, there were no planes in the area during that time. However, hundreds of witnesses included those planes as part of their story. So explain that. Aside from having a UFO sighting, explains seeing these planes, five planes, swooping in trying to catch up to this thing and or catch this thing, and apparently there was no planes in the area during that time, they said. (laughs) Moving on to the aftermath. Over the years, between the government and the school's headmaster, there have been rumors of a reported cover-up in regards to this incident. People said that they, as well as others, were told not to talk about it. And I'm going to say allegedly a couple times within the next few minutes, allegedly, the headmaster had called an assembly pretty much right after this happened and told staff they would lose their jobs and told the students that they would be severely punished if they were to speak of the incident. Also allegedly, Dr. McDonald said that, quote, when the Royal Australian Air Force contacted the headmaster, he told them to go and jump in a lake. And I had read in multiple reports that, the headmaster was said to be completely freaked out by the situation to the point where he was just like, nope, this didn't happen, get back in school, Uh, don't talk about this, continue your day type of situation. Regarding rumors involving the government, some witnesses said they were visited by the infamous Men in Black, which we have talked about in other Alien episodes on this podcast. These men in suits allegedly warned them not to speak about what they had seen. One report stated that a teacher had taken pictures of the UFO, and when the men in suits came, they took her camera and stated that it was now their property. So she no longer had these pictures, her camera, or proof of the incident. Some witnesses of this incident voluntarily compared notes with each other or spoke about what they had seen, while others wouldn't say a word. Some were said to have spoken about it, but then refused to speak about the incident not even an hour later. Here's one witness story in specific, and this is a quote from Alien UFO Research. Quote, According to one witness, one of the girls made it over to where the UFO had landed while it was still there and was found unconscious and had to be taken away in an ambulance. According to the same witness, she never returned to school after that day. Another unusual thing that allegedly happened was this, and this is another quote from Alien UFO Research. Quote, Channel 9 GTV also ran a report on the incident, but when UFO investigators later went looking for the tape, that included many different witness accounts, they said that it had been permanently removed from their archives. As always, with UFO sightings come public speculation, so some believe that this actually happened, while others dispute it ever happened at all, while a third group even thinks it could have been new technology being tested by the government. Of course, some theories also included the possibility of it being a weather balloon. This was even stated in an Australian newspaper called The Age. Another potential theory was that the UFOs were part of a government program known as Project Habal, or Project H-I-B-A-L. This is a quote from Nine News. Quote, Project Habal was set up to sample radiation in the atmosphere using a high-altitude balloon. So that's where the weather balloon theory came into play, and I feel like the weather balloon theory is very common within UFO sighting stories. And apparently the Project Habal situation did happen during that time period. Westall High School has since become Westall Secondary College, and the site of the Melbourne 350 has been transformed into a memorial park. This park highlights the 1966 Westall UFO incident. So even if there are people who don't believe in what was seen, They are definitely benefiting off of the situation and hyping it up still in the area. And I just hope that with all the hype, there are people that listen and believe in the witness stories or at least hear them out without making a mockery out of them considering they have now memorialized the incident and are probably monetarily benefiting off of it. Anywho, beep bop boop. That was the story of the 1966 Westall UFO incident, also known as the Melbourne 350. And that is the end of today's podcast. I always love doing the alien and UFO stories. I feel like they're just such a different vibe from covering these intense cases and it's almost like refreshing in a way even though it is also terrifying at the same time because there is definitely in my opinion other life forms out there or life forms just like us living in another galaxy and or another dimension and Let me know right in if you believe in this kind of stuff and if you believe in aliens. I'm interested to see how many listeners actually believe in this or if you're listening and you're like, what the hell, it definitely didn't happen, that's a made-up story or what the hell, Bryn is whacked out for believing in this (laughs) because I feel like as Kelsey and I used to discuss in these alien episodes, there is just too much out there. I could go on about this for ages and we are just a tiny, tiny blip in the universe, our little planet known as Earth. And I think that there has to be not only more out there, but more intelligent life forms or progressed, progressive life forms that have figured out by now how to get to Earth and visit our planet. So, if they're not among us already, which is a really creepy fucking thought, as long as they're here for for good means, as I've said in the past, by all means, join us. Hopefully, you'll like what you see with most of humanity, and you will probably be disappointed by some, because there are also a lot of disappointments among humanity, as covered in this podcast, so maybe the alien life forms will come and observe what not to do or maybe they'll step in and help us out and be sweet and kind and lovely who knows anyway into the spiel i go you can find crime cults and coffee on instagram that's where i post pictures of coffee reviewed the episodes we cover each week or that i cover each week i should say and if you look back in our highlights you can see past episodes, past coffees, any important information that is happening with the podcast at the moment, or any merch you can always find there. The link tree in the bio has most of the listening platforms that Crime Cults and Coffee is on. If you go to our Facebook page at Crime Cults and Coffee, that's where I put any resources, photos, links, calls to action. Super important. You can always find the calls to action in the show notes as well. If you have a listener story or a case suggestion, my faves, you can email me at crimecoltsandcoffee@gmail.com at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at coffee. I love getting these from you guys. I say this in every freaking episode, but I'm like, hey, maybe this is the first time someone's listening and this is the first time they're hearing this, so why not repeat it? Also, as mentioned in previous episodes, you can also send any recommendations my way over there or listener art. Maybe you're inspired this week by the alien episode and want to send me some cool crime cults and coffee mixed with alien art. That'd be really cool. And if you like this podcast, if you like listening, if you're able to do so, please leave a rate and review. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps the podcast to be seen. And if you listen on a platform where you can't do that on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that will let you know when new episodes come out each week and brought up in the beginning of the episode was the song intergalactic by the beastie boys so if you haven't heard of that song before go take a listen if you have go take a listen and with that being said until next week bye